You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. We've been going through kind of the story of events that have transpired through Easter to Ascension Day, which happens to be this year, this coming Thursday on the 10th. So the 40 days, we started with the empty tomb, Christ had risen, and then talked about appearances which that primarily occurred on that day. Uh, that Christ arose, but there are a couple others. And then last week, John talked about disbelief. Uh, you know, we, while we have the story that tends to be a little bit more everybody's familiar with is Thomas, but there were other times of disbelief that, you know, when the disciples, apostles would have seen him, there was a little bit, okay, is this real or not? Are we truly seeing? There were you know, their eyes were not necessarily blinded, but they couldn't see clearly. And so they weren't sure. And now we come to what would be called the commissioning of what we're supposed to be doing too and Christ's ascension. So I thought I would start with in the Gospel of John, verse, chapter 21, verses 15 and 19. And this is after they had caught the fish and Christ was on shore. So um, John starts with, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this to him, he said, follow me. When he calls out, do you love me more than these? Several options here. One could be, they just eaten. They had just been fishing all night. Do you love me more than the fish? You know, you've got a job. You've got a regular something. You know where the income's coming from. Uh, it's a predictable life. It could have been, do you love me more than these other men, the other disciples, the other fishermen that with him? Probably more the other men, but in either case, he was asking Peter what he wanted, what he thought. Did he love Christ? And he tells him first to 
you know, feed my lambs. Then take care of my sheep. And then the third time, feed my sheep. You know, he's telling him he needs to shepherd. Now, the shepherding versus the fishing, there's a lot more sacrifice. You know, you'll be led where you may not want to go. Somebody's going to have to help you along. You won't be able to do it by yourself. Whereas with the fishing, you kind of know what's going on. You know when you got a good, and but there's a lot of sacrifice in doing it. Are you prepared to do that? And yeah, we get. If you'll recall back in the last night after the last, what we call the Last Supper. Um, Christ told the disciples that they would deny him, they would depart, go away from him. And Peter famously said, not me, not me. But what happened? He denied three times. Here, he's being asked three times, do you love me? Christ is obviously showing and giving him the opportunity to say he loves you. It's a forgiveness and, you know, hopefully with Peter, it's he forgets the denial and remembers the love that he has for Christ. And for us, it's also an indication, no matter how much we may mess up, how well we doing our sinning, since if you're like me, you do a real good job at sinning. But you get reminded that there's forgiveness. Christ is there to forgive us. And in the shepherding, it's, not only to Peter, it becomes to us, because in First Peter, um, chapter 5, 1 through 4, um, Peter writes, I extort the elders among you as fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So Christ is telling Peter about shepherding, and then Peter tells the flock later on after Christ has ascended, that you've got to continue. In our case, we need to work at shepherding, feeding and teaching, taking care of, looking over. So he gives us, um, John does, a guide. Peter gave those following after him a guide of how they needed to go about doing what they needed to do in the days that were to follow. Um, then we have, uh, looking at Luke um, 24, verses 44 through 48. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, 
and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are to witness to these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. And then going over in Matthew, uh, in chapter 28, verses 19 or 16, excuse me, through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go there for and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. When Luke was writing and he talked about what Jesus said, that everything written about me, in the law, the prophets, and he says the Psalms. So what, you know, we usually talk about the law and the prophets, but here he's encompassing all of what we call the Old Testament, what the Hebrews and what they would have known about as the Scripture, which would have been the law of Moses, which would have been the prophets. And then the Psalms are not just the book of Psalms, but the writings, everything else and what we call uh, the Old Testament, if, if you've ever seen, I have a, a book like this. It's a, I won't call it a study Bible, but it's like a study Bible. It's the Hebrew Scriptures. And you can't open it up and just, there's Job. Job's not where you think Job is in the Hebrew Scriptures. Daniel is a little different. So there's some differences and it's laid out. But what Christ is telling them here is in the whole Scripture that you're familiar with. I once did a um, small group study we did on a Philip Yancey book called The Bible That Jesus Read. And it walked through some of these various things that he's talking about, but it was just kind of an overview of the Old Testament. That's what Jesus knew when he talked about and you know made references to the Law and the Prophets. He was referring to what these people would have understood. That's what they were familiar with of hearing every Sabbath day in the tabernacle and other times also. So he's talking about how it was written, it's to be fulfilled in me, and I'm here. I've come. I've died. Then he's telling them a little differently too than what he's taught them before in that he's talking talks about teaching them about repentance and forgiveness of sins that are in his name. You know, several of the times when Jesus was out doing things, and if you can remember when um, a couple of times he talked about your sins are forgiven and a person would be healed and the Jewish leaders were just appalled. They couldn't handle that. Here's this person forgiving sins because no human person could do that in their view. But that's what was happening. And then Luke makes the comment, Matthew does, a little different. Uh, but um, Luke talks about going into, you know, starting in 
Jerusalem and going to the whole uh, world. And here again, um, Matthew talks about to all nations. This opened up the Bible, God is that we know, Christ, to everyone, not just those who are direct heirs of Abraham, but those of us that are spiritual heirs through Abraham of God, that we get there. And then we see um, in Luke, he talks about them, um, no, excuse me, in Matthew, about coming back and they see him in a distance. They've gone out to, to Galilee where they were supposed to go. That's what uh, Mary was told um, that first day um, at the empty tomb. Christ told her to go and tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee. So they're in Galilee and they see him and they worship. It says some doubt it. Now, that doubt it could be one of several things. One, just, ah, is this real? The worshiping him, that's something different. I mean, a good Jew had been taught, you worship Yahweh. And these apostles and the other disciples, other followers, would have known that. You worship God. But if you'll recall, what was Thomas's comment? My Lord and my God. You know, Thomas was a little bit slow maybe to get the message. He said, I have to see. But when he saw and he felt, he got it. And he understood that Christ was Lord, but he also understood he was God. And so worshiping him would be appropriate. But for some Jews that still believed that Christ was the Messiah, it was tough to hear that see that. So that could be the doubting. It's not that they weren't believers. And then another one that could be possible, just as before, if you see somebody in the distance, you think you know who it is, but you're not absolutely sure until they get up closer. If you're like me, you take your glasses off. They all have to be in your face. And so, you know, I doubt it if that's really, you know, blatant, say, if I take my glasses off. I have to look a little bit closer. And that could have been the same way with them. So there are a couple of things there that doubt was and whatnot. But the doubting, you know, at least I think and from some of the commentaries was, you know, worshiping somebody other than Yahweh himself, that, you know, that he was God. Um, and um, that's tough if you think about it. Then he also talks about here that all authority had been given to him. Now Christ talked about when he was alive and teaching that the authority was there that was the Father's that the Father had given to him. Here he's even more directly telling them, you know, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. So here again, he's Lord. And we're to listen, we're to hear. He serves, he rules. And then looking at what he tells them to do, they are to make disciples in all nations. They are to baptize 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you'll think about when we're doing Eucharist and going through, usually during the announcements at some point in time, generally Andrew, but uh, I guess he's out of town or I don't know, is he serving today at all? Um, comment will be made, all are welcome who have been baptized in the name of the Trinity. Well, we have right here, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's how they need to be baptized, part of the total. And then to go and teach. What was Christ telling Peter? Feed them. That's not bringing them up to the trough or bringing them in to breakfast. That's feeding them with the Word. Yes, we need to see that they're not on an empty stomach and provide them with physical needs, but the feeding Christ was telling Peter and is telling us is we need to teach. We need to share the Word. And it's not just you know me standing up here. It can be any of us just having a conversation with a friend, sharing with them. We don't know where some of them stand. We don't know if what we're saying falls on deaf ears, but that doesn't mean we don't do. So we need to teach the baptizing. You know, that's more for the priest. Um, even though, I guess Paul really wasn't baptized by a priest, but he was baptized. But we need to bring them to faith. We need to share the word that's in the gospel. Sometimes we have to use the Old Testament to help clarify and bring the focus in on Christ. And that's, here again, what Luke was talking about. Then, looking at and moving forward, a little ahead today, but at the end of Luke, which would be the last couple of verses, uh, Luke 24, 50 through 52. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. And then, as we all know, Luke's story continues in Acts of the Apostle. Or, and so looking there at um, Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1, in the first book of Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But when they had come together, he asked them, Lord, they asked him, Lord, you will, 
Will you be at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing until the heavens as he went, behold, two men stood by him in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He was taken up. You know, Luke is talking about many proofs. Well, one of the proofs is you know, the touching, the feeling, the seeing him there. Then like where uh, I started reading in John, he ta- says after breakfast. And if you'll recall, he had been on the beach, on the land, and the, most of the apostles were fishermen by trade before they started following Christ. They were out back fishing, back to their old activities. And he called them up, and he had breakfast with him. Well, to eat, you've got to be abiding. You know, we, there weren't the special effects you can see in movies nowadays. It was real. It wasn't some sort of imagination, hallucination, or anything. Christ was there with them. He was eating with them, just like a person would be eating. He was he arose. He was resurrected. And so he was there with them, participating. But he also, you know, talked to them more. He was still teaching. He was in a lot of times clarifying what he had already told them. He was giving more direction to them, what they would do. We've already talked about, you know, you need to baptize, you need to disciple, you need to teach, you need to do these things. And as John said at the end of his gospel, there's not enough room to write down everything that Christ did and said. So he was helping bring pieces of this together for him. And, you know, 40 days. Now that 40 days, we see 40 a lot of times. How many days did it rain on the ark? 40. How many days was Christ in the wilderness being tempted? 40. Uh, the Israelites, is after they left Egypt, how long did they wander in the wilderness? Forty years, but still the number forty. So Christ was here with them after he arose for forty days. Then he's telling them also, wait on the power. Luke ended with talking about that. Matthew finished up with talking about receiving the power. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And how many times have, you know, you've probably done something and you kind of sometimes think back, why did I do that? How did that happen? And then you realize, I just was the vessel. It was, um, you know, God was there. The Holy Spirit was helping direct me. Um, 
back when John and I used to do the class over in the Diocesan Conference Room, Dick Shepard used to ask questions. And if any of you know Dick, Dick asked good questions. And there were times when he'd open his mouth and my knees would just start beating against each other because I didn't know what I was going to say. And one Sunday I walked out of there and I go, how did I answer that? And I went, duh. It wasn't me. It was my tongue maybe, but it was the Holy Spirit was giving me the guidance to respond. So he's telling them here, wait on the Holy Spirit. And that's not just wait for the baptism, that's really wait to hear from. You know, we talk about praying to get answers from God. Well, how are those answered? Some way through the Holy Spirit responding to us. And then they ask him here, you know, when's the kingdom of Israel coming back? You know, how much longer? How soon? Well, he tells them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. You don't need to know. You just need to go and do. We don't need to know. We need to be ready. You know, there are stories Christ told about the the maidens, and some had oil for their lamps and some didn't. They didn't know, but you have to know and be ready. So that is not just to the the ones that were there hearing the message. That's also to us very much. It's We have to be ready for when the end of the earth comes. Um, and so it's, it's a preparation thing. Then he talks about, you know, um, he went up in a cloud. Now, a cloud can show divine glory. In um, Exodus, Moses was told to do some things. Aaron told the multitudes, and then a cloud appeared outside of camp, and it was the glory of God, transfiguration in a cloud. God came. Isaiah and Elijah, yeah through a cloud. It was transfigured. There was a cloud there. So that's an indication of divine glory. So he was going up. Uh, Then, and I think it's kind of interesting to me, that two men, angels in white. Now, how does the story at the empty tomb start? They go in. There are two angels there. Two men. One where the head was, one where the feet had been. Asking them, in effect, what do you hear? Didn't you, re- don't you remember? Christ was to arise. He's arisen. He's gone. And so here again, we have them standing and looking and saying, why are you doing this? Don't you remember what scripture said? Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He will come back both bodily and visibly in the cloud. The cloud, God's glory. So he will come back and he will be seen and we will know. You know, there are a lot of times there's some people out there that claim they're Jesus. Well, they didn't come back in a cloud. They just kind of one day started preaching. And um, But that's part of for us being ready, knowing. 
Now, as I kind of we've gone through in the last um, several weeks, here again, the death. And, you know, you think about the death on the cross that Christ suffered through. That's pretty gruesome. And then three days in a tomb, and then he's arisen. That's not by anything except by divine. God destined that. Christ did. That tomb, that stone wasn't rolled away. Christ could have done it, but God had it moved. The tomb had to be empty. You know, the Jews paid the guards to tell them, hey, we know you didn't do your duty. And back in those times, the guards were subject to being executed because of not doing their duty. But they said, we, we'll cover for you. Don't worry. Christ did arise. He was seen for 40 days. He preached. He gave direction. He taught. He gave us a guide. And then He ascended. And we'll celebrate that as I say, on Thursday, uh, Ascension Day, and there's an even song that day um, to come in here when our choir sings. Then, ten days later, what happens? The Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, and then that's where they really started going out from there. Thoughts? Questions? Comments? Steve? Yes, sir. what Jesus wanted them to go out all the world and get the word out about Jesus teaching uh, healing and uh, the sacrifice that he gave for all of salvation from our sins right uh, there was there's also uh, several books of the Bible that covers the work of, of uh, Paul going out to different cities right. that, that's kind of hit or miss, you're just hitting certain cities and certain countries. Uh, I just wonder if uh, in some of the other teaching that Jesus perhaps dispersed them to certain areas so you could be assured that the word would adequately get out because you take a modern day now a company, well if, if they were worldwide well they have to disperse certain people Specifically to the areas. Now, maybe this was covered well in say, but you said that uh, they were uh, uh, a lot of topics were covered by Jesus, and maybe that was covered how to disseminate the word adequately and uh, make sure that all the people, and not just people in specific areas like Paul did, would get it. Well, what's written in the canon is basically, as you say, Paul, you know, a few chapters in, it becomes basically Paul for the rest of Acts, and we have Paul's letters. But the others went out. Tradition has it that Thomas went east as far as potentially India. So, you know, Peter stayed generally in Jerusalem and at a certain point in time went to Rome. But they others went, and they made disciples. So even with Paul, he went, but 
he had other people that he taught, they became disciples, and they continued. So it's the typical, you know, teach two, those two teach two, and it just starts multiplying. But the other disciples went in other directions. Their topics and their writings are not part of the canon. There are, you can see periodically something come up, the lost gospel of, and it'll be one one of the other apostles. But they were not in the canon as we now know it. That may be for other reading, and it may show kind of like the hypocrisy is, it's, it's got things that are written in it that are worth reading, as it says in the prayer book, about these top, these other books, and the same could be true of some of these other writings, but, and then others are lost. And so like, even like with Hebrews, we're not sure who wrote that. James, uh, wrote some. John, obviously, you know, that's the other thing that we're kind of called in different ways. Yeah. Peter was not the intellectual that John was. I mean, John's gospel, John's letters, um, revelations. That's somebody that was a deep thinker. Paul was obviously well scholarly, but he also, yeah, he was going out. He initially, he was going out to kill the new believers, but on the way to Damascus, he got diverted. And then he spent three years in the wilderness, effectively in Arabia, getting guidance of what to do. And that became his travels and his teachings. But they all went and did differently. We just don't have writings that tell us about what the others did. Well, one thing that wouldn't aid them is the time element. Jesus used it between uh, his time on earth then and his future coming that there would be uh, a certain number of years many years which would allow for more dispersal of these these words perhaps yeah and you know the one of the things that um, Peter asked um Jesus, after they'd had this uh, dialogue about, do you love me? Uh, looking at the latter part of um, chapter 24 um, of John, it's uh, Jesus, you know, Peter asks and points to John, what about this guy? You know, what's going to happen to him? And, uh, you know, Jesus, in effect, told him, what's it to you? Yeah. If it's my will that he remain until I come, what's it to you? And he wasn't saying that John would be alive today. It's just John's call is going to be different from yours. Yes, God. One thing you can look at is the quote that's right here on the plaque from Ephesians. That some are meant to be apostles, some are meant to be evangelists, some pastors... And that's how the word got spread. Everybody wasn't exactly alike in their talents and in their methods. But the word the word got out by virtue of the fact that people obeyed that, that admonition in Ephesians to go forth and to practice their own their <clears throat> own talents as it were, their own their own abilities rather than being lockstep in, in any one direction. 
you know, we're definitely called to do different things. Different ones of us have different talents, and it's a matter of utilizing them as they're given to us. Well, on behalf of John and I, John's out of town. I was out of town last week. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to do this again. We appreciate and, it. And, um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a good story. It's a great story to read, and we need to read it diligently. Yes, Gavin? We talked about this earlier, but let's. A lot of us would like for you and John to get together <laughs> and not not do this every every day, every Sunday. Gil's back there. He's. We'd like for you once a year to do a six four to six weeks based on the season of whatever we're going through at that time that might be illuminating to us. Well, I appreciate that. John and I both do because it's, uh, it's a pleasure to do it. And that's one good thing about this is there are topics. We always taught a book of the Bible from beginning to end. This is a little different. There's, uh, you know, we pick a topic and that we may do that. We'll just see how we're led. <laughs> Thank y'all. You. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.